Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are going to be moving this season to putting the, the podcast as a Patreon-only podcast. This episode, if you're listening, it's, you probably have already worked out. This episode, we're, we're still putting out as a, on the free feed. We might do that again next week, but soon we're going to be moving to a fully Patreon-only model. We would love it if you're listening to this, if you feel like you can support us and come along with us on that journey. Serial Chronicles is a Mayak Chronicles production. Welcome back everybody to the Seria Air Chronicles podcast. It's a new season. It's me, Nikki Bandini. It's me, <laughs> Rizuki, who I finally saw again for the first time all summer last week, but we've seen each other on the Zooms, on the, well, Zoom equivalent. I shouldn't give plug it to Zoom. It's not even a Zoom platform we're using. Mina, I'm just bothering. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. How are you? Actually, I wasn't feeling so good. And then I heard news that Rabio is probably going to go to Manchester United in any horrible way I was feeling, you know, just to, to keep it short, I've, uh, I just exhausted myself overly and uh, I don't know if anyone knows, but like I just, I'm exhausted and I'm needing to go to hospital all the time at the moment, but I felt so much better when I read Ramsey had terminated his contract and then to hear Rabio today, I can only tell you that my spirits are very, very high, Nikki. I just hope it goes through. I did. There was a great tweet I saw just before coming on here and I, um, I'm afraid I can't credit it properly because I can't remember who it was. It was so, because it was someone I wasn't following before, um, but they'd put Manchester United signing Rabio really would send a message. And that message is, we don't know what the F we're doing, which I thought was, <laughs> was well, was well put. Um, I, I feel like having been away all summer, like I want to ask me like how your son was. I know like you've just alluded to, you haven't been um, in top, top health recently. So maybe it's not the most fun conversation, but I think one thing that certainly um, uh, we, we can say coming back to Sadia Amina is we are seeing some of your, your favorite pet hates, some of your favorite 
um, gripes with Juventus calmly moved out of the club. There's going to be no more Ravio. There's going to yeah. be no more Aaron Ramsey. Yes. There's going to be um, no more Paulo Dybala, who we will get to yes. because there's lots to say about him. And even rumours now, no more Alexandro. So presumably, Mina, you are ready for Juventus to go back and start winning the league again. This is all that was needed, right? Clear out the deadwood. I mean, honestly, I don't care if we finish in eighth as long as these players are not on my team again. <laughs> I, 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 I care more about that than I actually care about winning. That's, that's telling you something. Do you know what I mean? I mean, just... I. Here's the thing, like, Paolo Dybala is a good player, right? So it would seem weird that I would, you know, want him to leave. But because it just never, I never felt like it really worked out at Juventus. Not because we didn't see his talent, we just didn't see it on a consistent level. And right now, Roma are totally enjoying him and really having a fun time with him. And obviously, we'll talk about that in greater detail. But all I can think in my head is, how long before you're injured? How long? How long? <laughs> but otherwise, I love Di Maria. I love that purchase. Pogba, I'm a little bit more wary of just because, again, inconsistent and injuries. But I'm really excited for the season. I just feel like this is honestly the first time that I can tell you I don't know who would win it. Whereas like last year, I was confident of Inter again, you know, and they just narrowly missed out. This season, I... I just don't know. I don't know who's going to be relegated. I don't know who's going to finish top six. I don't know anything, which, you know, if you're paying to listen to me right now, I know you're probably wondering whether or not you can get a refund, but I can honestly tell you, like, <laughs> I don't know because this is probably the most open championship we've had this season, like in, in a while. Yeah, it's fun to come back to, you know, like, um, I, I, I think I even spoke about this, maybe even on this podcast, definitely spoke about it. By the end of last season, the season itself was, was really thrilling, but we had such a sort of, um, a sort of intense 18 months of football for 15 months because we had COVID interrupted the last season, the previous season, and then we got half a season jammed together with the years, jammed together with last season. And by the end of last season, I was definitely at a point of like, okay, I need a break. And I went away and had a lovely break this summer, which was nice. But then to come back to, from my little sort of trip to, I got to go to New York, it's very exciting. Um, but it's come back from that and to have the the women's Euros, which has been amazing. And, you know, even yeah. though I always say I pull more for Italy than England. I was pretty, I was pretty on with the Lioness this summer. It was magical. Oh, the Italians were terrible. Oh God, they were, they were really disappointing Italy, actually, the, the, the Euros. I, yeah, um, maybe the lesser, I'm <laughs> the better. Um, but to come back to that, and then and now straight into the Serie season, I'm with you, Mina. I think it's a really, really exciting season in prospect because we've already mentioned Juventus. I had to because of the Rabio story. I had to start there. But really, um, where should we be starting? Probably we should be starting with Milan, the reigning champions who have not changed a lot, but they've brought in Charles. Uh, De- I'm going to say his name badly, like many of these names, Charles de Catalaire. And and that sort of little bit of extra youth injection to the attack, are they ready to defend it again? Of course, they have said goodbye to Frank Kessie as the one player they've lost and haven't really replaced. Inter, meanwhile, who was so close last season, have not so far lost pieces from that defence. We've been hearing all summer. First, it was Bastoni after Tottenham. Then it was Skriniar after Tottenham. Neither of those has happened, but now PSG wants Skriniar. So far, they've kept the defence together. Yes, they've lost Perisic, but they've brought back Romelu Lukaku. We've got the big superstar who was the guy who was on all the murals, who was the man who won them the title. So Inter looking sharp. Juventus clearing out some dead wood, making those moves. And then Roma, 
Roma, Roma, Roma. I know producer Simon is excited about seeing Paolo Dybala added to that attack with perhaps Pellegrini, Tiny Abraham, Zaniola, and even this sort of persistent idea, and I know you're going to roll your eyes when I say this name, Mina, but Andrea Velotti as an alternative as well. Mina, this is an exciting title race. Notice that I haven't mentioned Napoli because I think that's the one team I'm looking at in that top group that I just think categorically has gone backwards. I think the way that Aurelio Di Laurenti speaks means that I just don't even want to spend much time talking about him at the moment and that team. Mm. You know, I just... I, I just feel like someone needs to muzzle that man. Um, but yeah, Napoli have lost a lot of experience. And that experience wasn't even carrying them through when it mattered. So without that, I'm I'm worried. Or maybe it could reinvigorate the side and it might just change mentalities. We'll see about that. Maybe it's it's gonna be a blessing in disguise to no longer have some of the old guard and, and have something new and fresh, but Without Koulibaly, without Trace Mertens, without Lorenzo Insigne, probably soon without Fabian Ruiz. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be going to be tough. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I think I can't decide. What really irritated me actually was reading Gazetta today because they were talking about how far Milan were in comparison to, I am paraphrasing, maybe exaggerating a little bit, but talking about how Milan are so much better at the moment than Inter and Juventus based on their friendlies. And they're judging basically like their game and their win, their 6-1 win over Vicenza. Yeah. When, of course, then comparing that to Inter taking on Villarreal that reached the semifinals of the Champions League and Juventus taking on Atletico Madrid. So they're not exactly the level of Vicenza at the moment. So... Obviously, Milan is going to look a lot better in those types of, you know, friendlies. Um, I think when we do look at the friendlies and how Italians have done so far, but, you know, they never take them seriously. So I don't know how much to draw from that. It does look just, like there are some... People who get too excited about summer football, I'm sorry, like watch football, enjoy football, enjoy the fact your team's back and you love it. But if you're watching your team beat anyone, I don't even care if it is Real Madrid and you're watching them beat them 3-0 in June and telling yourself um, that that's what's going to happen when the season starts. <laughs> you are kidding yourself. I'm just being honest about it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, don't I, you remember when Atletico <laughs> beat Real like 8-2 or something? And then like, you know, where did that yeah. end up, you know? So yeah, I agree with you. But I do think that the four that you mentioned will probably be our top four. Juventus, Inter, Milan, Roma. Which of those teams are you most excited about watching? Like just because, you know, some of these teams have changed more than others. Like if you were like, oh, the, the team that like, I'm, I mean, I don't know if it's just Juventus because of Juventus connection, but is there like one of these teams you're like, oh, I can't wait to see them play? Oh, I don't want to see Juventus play. Um, I'm interested <laughs> to see, God, no. <laughs> Maybe without Rabio, there's definitely a, a more of a bigger chance, but I hope Sandra leaves soon too. I'm really <laughs> interested in watching De Ketelet. Um, I think that he is such an, a ridiculously good talent and with Origi in there and there are so many options. I'd wonder how their midfield will work, to be honest with you, but I'm interested to see them. I'm interested to see Inter as always because I still believe that Simone Izaghi plays one of the most beautiful styles of football and I think that he is so fluid and, and capable of doing so much. The only thing that stops me wanting to watch Inter is Lukaku because I just feel like at the moment, he's so eager. It's a little bit like, I don't know how to explain, you know, when it's just like, oh my God, I'm back. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm going to shine and tap dance and jazz hands. You know, and I just, I just, I feel like it's too much, you know, Spare and you fingers. just know that he's going to score three goals and then be like, I don't know why I'm not being compared to Ronaldo and Messi, you know, like, I look <laughs> at me scoring. And it's like, 
yeah, do, but you also failed in other places. So just accept that you're not the world's greatest, but you are very good for Inder. And let's hope that he stays like that. I'm interested to see, though, how he manages it without Antonio Pintus. I do think fitness, conditioning, and, and everything that Conte and, of course, at the time Pintus bought was so effective. And I wonder how Inzaghi and his team will manage Lukaku. But considering that I think he plays a more complex and sophisticated style of football, I hope that we'll see better from Lautaro Martinez and Lukaku. Roma, though, is the team I think everyone wants to watch. <laughs> um, I think Tammy Abraham is my pick for top scorer of the season. I think that it's a team that's just filled with attacking brilliance. I worry about the defense, if I'm honest with you. But it's Jose Mourinho, so somehow I feel like they'll be okay in the back. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see, but it's a lot of money being spent. It's a project mm. that actually is well managed because a lot of these guys in are, have come in for free. So it's it's very, very good business on their behalf. And I'm really like, well done, chapeau. I, so, I mean, I think you've highlighted the same clubs that I would have highlighted. I think it's so funny hearing, and I know like, I know you have your sort of feelings about Lukaku. We've, we've been <gasps> back and forth on this, <laughs> on this player and his, and I was just thinking, have you ever seen the movie Bring It On? And there's the coach who comes in for the cheating team. It's all spirit fingers. That's what I was thinking when you were doing your jazz hands. I was like, spirit fingers. These are spirit fingers. <laughs> Every now and then on this podcast, you just get a 90s movies reference. You just do. Or maybe that's early 2000s. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but but I'm the opposite of you. I'm the opposite of you. That's that Lukaku is the reason that I probably would have Inter at the top of this list. And I'll tell you why I mean it. The reason I'm excited to see Inter with Lukaku. We've seen Lukaku Inter before, right? We've seen him score lots of goals. I'm not just sort of interested in, oh, is he going to do what he did last time? What I'm interested in is Simona Inzaghi had like half a preseason with Inzaghi, with, with Lukaku, where they were both just saying how much they were interested in working together. Like how like Lukaku's saying, oh, I think Inzaghi understands me, thinks he's going to like get the most out of me, thinks that this, this system is going to suit me. Inzaghi saying Lukaku wants to stay, we've talked about it, it's all ready to go. Inzaghi had that taken from him last summer like he was halfway through the summer and like planning this thing and he got this taken away from him I want to see it now like it's happened early enough in the summer they've had time to reconnect they've had time to put it together I want to see what this inter team was supposed to look like last season so I'm I'm hyped for that I'm excited about it but I'm also excited about Roma and I definitely have this sort of thought in my head that this is going to be just such a disappointment because there's been so many um, Mourinho moments in the last sort of decade which have been disappointments. But Dybala, who has been such a sort of particular, let's, let's go for that word, character in his, oh, no, I don't want to leave Juventus, even though in times haven't been going that well. I don't want to go to Tottenham. I don't want to go to Manchester United. I'd like it in my nice cosy spot where I know where everything is, where I know where the bathroom is. I know where I can put my shoes. Like <laughs> him sort of being sort of forced out of that bubble, like was always going to be interesting. And we talked about it plenty of times, Mina, that we feel like he's a player who needs to be sort of given a hug, patted on the back and told that he's the guy. He shows up in Rome and they have this incredible party, like this oh, insane, wow. wild scenes, thousands of fans out there. And you've got Mourinho who, whatever he is and isn't Mourinho, 
I think you have to say that one of his greatest talents in his career has been getting into the head of people who feel that they've been slighted. He's been the one who's like tapped that chip on the shoulder for them and said, yeah, let's go prove a point together. I mean, think about that Inter team that won the treble. Was it the best team in Europe that season? Probably not. But you had Samueletto willing to go and play at fullback for him because Samueletto wanted to tell Barcelona that they were idiots for getting rid of him. Wesley Schneider, who I still think was cheated out of a Ballon d'Or that year, not because he was the best actual footballer on the planet, but because he did more that year than any other individual, because he played beyond himself. He played at a level that he never reached before or after that for Mourinho. And I want to know if Dybala has that. I want to know if Dybala has that gear he can go to for Mourinho that we haven't seen before. Because the talent is there, but so is and always has been so far. And we've talked about it to death. And I know it's been a bugbear for you, Mina. So has been that inconsistency. So has been that tendency to disappear. Is Mourinho going to press the buttons that we need for, you know, Dybala was Serie A MVP. I think we said at the time, maybe that was based on a few very flashy games that caught the attention. Can we get 38 games out of that from Dybala, please? I think that there is a point that you make with mentality and Jose Mourinho is obviously a star at changing that. Him and probably Antonio Conte, I would say, is the other one that's brilliant at that. But but Dybala, it's also a question of of injuries. His body just doesn't seem to be able to absorb much of it. And also, he is not somebody who likes to listen to, you know, as somebody who was captain and a lot of the times would say, oh, do you mind if we push training to a little bit later? Um, it, to me, it would just, it, it just sort of seems like you're the captain. All this time, all the love and affection shown to you by Giorgio Chiellini and Leonardo Bonucci and everyone, you know, all the big matches that Juventus have played I still only remember your appearance against Barcelona and that's really it, you know? I just, maybe it is, maybe it was a change of atmosphere. Maybe Juventus was never the team that was ever going to get it out of him. Maybe it was just too many injuries or he was too comfortable or I, I honestly don't know. But he is just a player that... I mean, even if he had gone to Inter, I would have applauded um, just because, you know, it's just, I, I don't care where he goes just as long as he's not on my team. Um, but it's not because I, again, you're right. It's not because I don't think he's not talented. It's just that what worries me as well with Roma is that Zaniolo is a player, for example, Juventus have also been linked to. And Zaniolo is another player that I don't feel is very consistent. I think he is magical when he is switched on. Absolutely, mind-blowingly magical. But I worry for his attitude sometimes. I worry for how inconsistent he can be. I worry with that with Lorenzo Pellegrini as well. I think all three players are ridiculously talented. And if they're all switched on, then I think Roma will be such a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure to watch. But the only one that I trust to show up day in and day out right now is Tammy Abraham. And so... I just hope that there'll be enough there. And I do trust Gigi Wijnaldum. I think that's a brilliant addition to the squad because I think he's one of the best midfielders out there. And I'm so sorry that he wasn't able to show that at PSG, but this is really a chance for him to show it. And I think what he will provide in that midfield will totally, can totally unleash the attack and secure the defense. But it is on Jose Mourinho. It is on him being able to exploit all of that talent when it is the big matches and he might be a little bit worried and does err on the side of caution 
or whether he will unleash and say, let's have fun, guys, you know, because he has done that before. His Madrid side did score like the highest number of goals at the time. So it's not like he can't play attacking football. We know he can. But I'm I'm interested to see whether inconsistencies will be something to worry about over there um, or not. But I still feel that right now, the way that I look at it, Inter has the deepest squad. Inter has the strongest squad. So mm-hmm. they should and are my pick for the title. Yeah, I think it's really, I mean, I've just said like people get way too sort of caught up in, in pre-season results and pre-season football, which they, they shouldn't. But I think it was really funny that there was this game, uh, Roma just thumped Shakhtar 5-0 and it's been getting lots of social media play because there's a few moments of really beautiful interchanges between yeah. Dybala, Pellegrini, Abraham, Zaniolo. And you think, gosh, it's exciting when it works. And I, it made me really laugh because a lot of those are getting shared around a lot, I suppose, on like Italian football Twitter. And then um, Max Russian, who I work with on, on the um, Guardian Football podcast, um, shared another clip, which was just Dybala taking a corner that doesn't even, does just go straight out for a goal <laughs> kick. Like, so, you know, there's always when you sort of sit and watch things on social media, like buyer beware, there's, there's always more to the story than, than you think going on. And, you know, it's going to matter who hits the ground running first as well. I think what's, you know, exciting just to finish that thought on, on Roma, it's exciting with Roma is that the atmosphere is excited right now. The reason I want to watch Roma yeah. is because everyone in Rome is pumped for it. And so you want to see, is this worth the hype? Like, is this worth it? And and we'll find out really soon. Um, I was jealous of Dybala. I would have yeah. loved to have been Dybala. Like just the, the, what they did there, it gave me goosebumps, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought, gosh, how lovely for you to have experienced this. How lovely of a club to do this, you know? It kind of makes you think, Oh, I mean, if it's possible to switch allegiances, but you, know, like, you just Simon's like, yeah, come on. <laughs> you, you <laughs> like my producer's like, yeah, yeah, come, come. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's not. But uh, <laughs> I probably will watch them a hell of a lot more than I'm going to watch my UV. So, what about the other teams that might interest you or disappoint you? Yeah, well, I feel like I should give a title prediction because you did, Mina. Um, and I'm I'm really okay. struggling even as I'm saying it. I'm like, oh, I think my like, if I have to pick, oh, I think it might be Inter with you, but I think it's really tight with Milan. The Kessier thing is what bothers me with yeah, Milan. No more Kessier. I just think that is a, a meaningful loss. But you've still got Gennady and Benazir. It's not like it's suddenly bad. Kessier and also the one other thing that Milan that's bugging me is there still isn't really an alternative to Giroud. Sure, Rebic can do it. Maybe De Catalo will play some games in, in the sort of full number nine spot, but he's not really a number nine, he's number 10. So that, no. that is bugging me a little bit with them. Whereas Origi? Inter, yeah. I don't like the idea of like, Rafael Leao up front mm. um, with De Catalo behind him. I like Leao out on the wide, you know, on the yeah. wing. So I hope that he he doesn't do a tequartista thing and just sticks with sort of three behind the, the, the striker but yeah they are kind of dependent on their old boys that don't really have the health right now to show or to cup to play every game right yeah exactly uh, so that's my concern with them on the other hand still a very young team still great manager I, I have a lot of faith in them to do well Juventus I think if everyone has started the season healthy I might have put them in conversation but no Pogba looks like for a little while Sure, say goodbye to Rabio and you feel good about that. Say goodbye to Ramsey, you feel good about that. But who's starting in midfield? Literally in, yeah, in the first week of the problem. season, is it going to be Fagioli and, and Zakaria? Maybe that, that works alongside uh, Locatelli, but Chiesa's out for a bit longer as well. I'm, I'm not convinced about that being good enough to win the title. Top four for sure. And that's why 
I guess because there's uncertainty about all these teams, it's why I think for me, it's probably Inter as my actual pick and then Naroma as my dark horse. Now, last season, Napoli were my dark horse and they didn't win it. So I'm not saying that necessarily. How can anyone ever choose Napoli for anything? Napoli <laughs> were my dark horse last season and they had some good weeks. But outside of uh, um, of that group, oh, I suppose the other thing to say about Juventus, you know, no more Chiellini, but Bremo, I'm interested to see how he's going to set in because he was so good at Torino last season. Of course, that's exciting. And Kostic is about to arrive any day now. That's a great addition, I think. Yeah. Just because also he's Serbian, plays with Vlaovic for the national team. That should sort of fortify that connection between the two. And I just think that having that and having Di Maria, it is about the midfield. Um, I wonder if what Allegri could do is sort of utilise what Liverpool do with their midfield and sort of just make them there to like secure everything rather than really add much to the attack. You know, mm. I think Allegri's, this is a real test for him. If you are as good as you are, like I understand last season and I still think that he hasn't been given everything he needs right now, but I do think he needs to produce something better than what we saw last season. And I think that his rep is on the line right now. Um, yeah, I think this is a huge season for Allegri. I really agree with you. I think um, yeah. when he came back, there was such an expectation. Yes. I think unlike last season, where perhaps I felt like it was going to be a really sort of intense group around the top four, you know, I see an intense title race this season. Do I think there's going to be as much pressure on the top four as before? I'm not sure because Atalanta yeah. have had a, a quiet summer. I mean, they haven't sold pieces so far, or at least not particularly big pieces. So that's, I guess... It's all Piscina. Well, and you know, that was going to lead me on to like, um, sort oh. of it, one of the clubs I am interested to see. I, I don't, I'm not going to put them in the category of, of teams that I think are going to go somewhere, but for sure, always all the, the uh, newly promoted teams are interesting, but especially this season, there's a little bit of extra interest around Monza because of the story of, of, you know, Berlusconi and Galliani and, and, and bringing things together and some interesting young players there and, and going out and, and, and signing players. I mean, it's a bit of a sort of odd set of players that they've that they've bought. Like a lot of the players that they have signed, okay, right, you've signed some Serie A names that that catch the um that catch the eye because yeah. of Serie A names. But am I excited for Ranocchia to be at Monza? Well, I mean, I wasn't excited for <laughs> Ranocchia at Inter. I'm not suddenly thinking he's become a, a top level football. But I mean, of course, different expectations, different ideas for um for what you're trying to achieve this season. But for sure, um uh Signing um, Pessina, signing Stefano Sensi is a really interesting one as well. I know we've been sort of so high on him when he's been healthy, the idea of him being there. It's, it's, it's hard not to be intrigued by the project at Monza, whether or not I think they're going to be brilliant, different question. But of the three teams that have come up, probably the ones doing the most interesting moves in terms of signing players you think might keep them up. I'm still slightly skeptical that any of these newly promoted teams is going to stay up. Um, but they're definitely a team I'm interested in. I'm interested in Fiorentina and uh, just because that was a team that I think was already moving in like a really interesting positive direction. Luka Jovic, is that someone who can have a, a, a career rebirth still, you know, not old at all. And I think sort of has had this sort of great sort of crash from the high expectations of, of, of being at the beginning of his twenties, but still is only in his, in his mid twenties. So I think that's a couple of clubs that I'm, that I'm sort of keen to keep an eye on outside of the, the title race. Is that, you know, you want to come back? Okay. Um, well, I was going to say, sort of, let's let's divide it. And in the mm-hmm. sense of who do you think will meet top six? Okay. And as in the teams that you think will challenge for fifth and sixth? Because I think we sort of agree on the top four. And which teams do you think will 
or are open to being relegated because there's quite a lot of teams that I'm worried about, honestly speaking. And um, yeah. obviously the newly promoted. Monza, I agree with you, but again, Stefano Sensi, is he ever really not injured long enough for us to see how brilliant he is? And can he mm. bring that back? Ranocchia, exactly what you said before, Caprari, Carboni, Brindelli, like they're none of these that make me think, wow, but at least they have the experience possibly to stay up, um, maybe in 15th sort of position. I worry for Lecce, I worry a lot for Cremonese, um, I worry for Empoli. Neither of them feel like they've made the sort of signings you need to to hang on. But I mean, there are other weak exactly. teams in Serie A, so yeah. Empoli, I think right now, I mean, and, and to... They lost Samuel Ricci and then they just couldn't mm-hmm. win anything in the second half of the season. And now they've lost his backup in Aslani to Inter. So I'm just like, I don't understand. <laughs> they got rid of Andrea Zoli to bring in Paolo Zanetti, who was with Venezia, who didn't, who did well, but perhaps not well enough, I think, to, to steer Empoli out of this mess, really. Mm-hmm. They do have Mattia Destro. They lost Pinamonti. I'm worried about them. I'm worried about Salernitana. So... I would say those are my picks to get down. I think Monza has enough experience um, to probably overcome that horrible battle at the bottom. But I look at these sides, I even think Sampdoria. Like, I was I literally know. about what to ask there? you, like, have Sam done enough? I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I love Chicho Caputo, but I even like, even saying goodbye to, um, uh, to Candreva, who a million years old, but is that someone who's, going to be missed I don't know there's there's a lot um there's a lot missing isn't there exactly so there's a I think that what's interesting is that there are a bunch of good teams very good teams and a bunch of really bad teams you know Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm surprised by the number of bad teams that there are this season I usually I'm I'm a bit excited about some of the newly promoted sides as for Fiorentina I'm so interested to see Luca Jovic I think under Italiano he can make everyone brilliant and Jovic at the time was really brilliant. I mean, I know Real Madrid, like, unfortunately, like, it wasn't a situation that works, but very few people really work in Real Madrid. And I think that's why Totti continues to tell us about why he rejected the proposal, mm. um, <laughs> which I, I think is the reason his wife was like, well, I can't, I can't listen to the story anymore. <laughs> I just got to separate. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, sorry. That is mean, but... Um, <laughs> It's so cruel. It is so, so cruel. But anyway, but I, I think that maybe Jovic can do something at Fiorentina. I'm a little bit upset about the fact that they haven't bought in many people in the midfield. And and obviously they lost a, a, a great player in, I forgot his name, the one who moved to Galatasaray, who came from Arsenal. Pereira. I'm I'm upset about that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I, I think he's a brilliant, brilliant addition to any side. So... Bologna is another one. If they, what if they lose Arnautovic to Manchester United? Yeah, what, know, a weird, what a weird transfer rumor, Arnautovic to Manchester United. <laughs> I mean, are Manchester United are making some, some moves, eh? I mean, them and, him and Rabiot. Yeah. That's not Manchester United signings, are they? That's very odd. Really, really odd. Um, I'm certain we'll be talking about those on Sky Sports tomorrow, Mina. I, I think I agree with the sort of group of teams that you're interested in for the relegation fight. There was one other name I, I went, meant to mention earlier. I was talking about Monza. And I don't know how much he'll play, but I'm really curious about this kid. I'm really curious about this kid, Samuel Vignato, who is like 18 years old. I um, picked him out for the Guardian's Next Gen project where we sort of pick out the 
under 16s who are emerging every year. And when he got signed by Monza, it was a big deal because there were some Serie A clubs asking after him. You know, he's a, a young number 10. He didn't play that much in Serie B last season because he is still so young. But now he's 18 and it'd be re- I'm really curious to see if he gets some game time this season and whether he can fulfill some of that hype because really like a lot of hype around him as a, as a teenager. What about Lazio? So I guess to move on to the actual like top six conversation, which um, is, is I guess where this starts. Yeah, not inspired by, by Lazio summer, um, not inspired by, by um, Napoli's right? summer. I mean, just to talk about the, the sort of ins and outs. Um, well, let's do Napoli first. Um, Napoli obviously said goodbye to Osimhen, uh, not Osimhen, to Kudabali. Um, sorry, Osimhen's the one good piece they've still don't got. Don't scare them. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I mean, you know, don't rule it out with um, with um, De Laurentiis, um, but say goodbye to Kudabali. I, this is not from the end of the season, it's from like March, but there was a stat I saw um, from like March in Serie A season where I think if Osimhen was playing, the difference between Osimhen, why do I keep saying Osimhen? She's got Osimhen on the brain today. The difference between Kudabali in the team and not in the team was about 0.8 points per game for Napoli last season. So absolutely drastic difference it's in pretty results. much the same for Osimhen. yeah I think it might not be similar yeah. um, you know similarly impactful but you've said goodbye to him and you've replaced him with Min Jae Kim I don't know much about Min Jae Kim right like uh, he's come from Venabache I'm curious to see how he gets on but it feels like it's going to be a big step down from Kudabali they've also brought in uh, the winger whose name I'm going to be mispronouncing all season <sighs> Kvarachkelia who oh, there's sort of a yeah. lot of it, sort of curiosity about because again, sort of 10 million euros on a player who we haven't seen playing for a, a top club in Europe. I suppose 10 million euros isn't that much nowadays, but hmm, like, curious, uh, but not things to get excited about. And to draw a contrast between um, Roma in particular, because we were talking about Roma and how great the atmosphere has been. I mean, absolutely sort of open hostility at this point between the fan base and the um, ownership and indeed Luciana Spalletti as well, I think is is becoming rapidly unpopular amongst the fans at Napoli. So that's why I'm really struggling to see them breaking into the top four. But at the same time, simple sort of, is there enough talent in the team to finish in the top six? Of course, I'm putting them in top six conversation. If they get Raspadori, if they get Raspadori. Yeah, it would be a nice signing for sure. That's someone who actually like fits this gap for you know, losing Insigne, losing Mertens. I think it's just the level of sort of, identity that you've lost with those names, right? Because Insigne is your captain and then Koulibaly is your deputy captain. And then Mertens is the other sort of old sort of, I don't know, hand in the in the locker room, the sort of old leader. It's a lot of sort of, I don't know, there's a lot of identity wrapped up in those players that I think is is lost. But for Lazio, Lazio have had a, a quiet summer. It hasn't been sort of like a such an openly bad summer as I'd say Napoli have had. But they haven't made moves that make you sort of feel like, oh, excited for what they can, what they can do. I mean, you know, completing the deal for, for Zaccagni, bringing in Romagnoli, maybe Romagnoli, it'd be nice to see him have a rebirth, obviously working with a manager who once upon a time, sadly, did have this reputation for working very, very well with defenders. Marcos Antonio from, from Shakhtar, kind of interesting, but yeah, there's not a lot there that jumps off the page at you, is there? Well, also, it's it's a little bit worrying to see if Luis Alberto, who is unhappy there, what he's going to do. I mean, he did want to move to Sevilla, but with Isco moving there, that looks like he might have to stay at Lazio. And then obviously, it remains to be seen if they can hold on to Milinkovic Savage until the end of the transfer market, because I still... You want him at Juventus so badly. <laughs> oh, I desperately want him. I desperately want him there. But I honestly think that, you know, for United that's going around buying, I don't know, 
players from Bologna and rejects from Juventus, then that would should really be the guy that you're going for, you know. But I'm interested to see if someone's going to just wise up to the brilliance that he is and, and, and if they can hold on to that. But I, I worry about them because also there's a possibility, I mean, Acerbi is probably going, you mm-hmm. know, that's a lot of experience in their back line. I know he hasn't got a great reputation when it comes to the fan base who just like him deeply now. But he is somebody who offered, I mean, he's an Italian international, so he offered a lot of experience and and he's important to that back line. And hopefully Romagnoli, Romagnoli can can do enough to to ensure that they are still safe at the back. But I I worry for Lazio, honestly speaking. I do trust that Sadi is good enough to get them somewhere far but when I look at the competition there isn't that much because I don't know how much I believe in Torino Mm -hmm. either so who is really pushing for a top six position we're talking about Fiorentina possibly Torino possibly Lazio that's really it Atalanta yeah yeah Atalanta absolutely Torino obviously saying goodbye to Prem is a big loss Gabellotti feels like less of one just because he was injured so much last season but yeah these are these are big names to move on from That is what we've got time for today. I wanted to take this sort of moment to sort of address what our plans are for this season. Um, Mina, obviously, um, we worked our, our bums off um, last season to try to get a sponsor for this podcast and um, continue to over the summer. It's It's been a, a frustrating process because this podcast, thanks to you guys listening, was was pretty successful in our first season. We had 40,000 monthly downloads, you know, 10,000 downloads a, a week, more or less, which is really sort of um, very much in, in the category that we were hoping for and, and, and we were really proud of. Unfortunately, we just haven't been able to find a solid sponsor to, to allow us to keep the show free to air, as it were. If something comes along, that's still an option we'd love to pursue. We'd sell the option that we'd prefer to pursue, but we just haven't been able to, to find that. And so we are going to be moving this season to putting the, the podcast as a patron-only podcast. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to say unfortunately, I prefer it not to be that way. This episode, if you're listening, it's, you probably have already worked out. This episode, we're, we're still putting out as a, on the free feed. We might do that again next week, but soon we're going to be moving to um, a fully patron-only model. We would love it if you're listening to this, if you feel like you can support us and come along with us on that journey. But unfortunately, we are going to have to find a way of making this podcast sustainable. Also, because it's not just us two. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that goes into this podcast and it's it's really for all of us to maintain or make sure that it's sustainable. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to be explicit about this. I think open is always the best policy. We're not doing this to get rich. This is not a podcast that's ever going to be some giant money spinner. <laughs> we just, you know, need it not to be costing everyone money to put together because we have got um you know a, a producer Simon who, who works on it for us every every week and it it needs to support itself as, as a show and that's why we think patron is the way going forward um with all of that in mind if you are up for 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 supporting the show for coming with us on that next step seriachronicles.com forward slash patreon is the spot to go to get our content we have got some new chronicles to force you to give a shout out to um Mina, shall we split the list? I'll do the, the first ones and then you can do a few as well. Sure. So thank you very much to um, new Tifosi Patreon uh, supporters, Nicholas Cormier, Ali Youssef, Emir Lamti, Connell Cahill and Peter Bancroft. And Ajit Paul Mangat. 
Luca Napolitano, Josh. Just Josh. Just Josh. Enrico Dongi, Peter Charland, and Just Jack. Actually, if Just Jack is from uh, Will and Grace, <laughs> <laughs> but it is Jack and no surname. Jack and Jill. Well, we're waiting. Oh, we have got Jill, haven't we? I, it's, isn't... So just Jack, which is from Will and Grace. But anyway, it is just Jack and not Jack and Jill or anyone. Oh, there yes. is a Jill. Oh, God, maybe you do. <laughs> Never mind. We are doing like a blind date now. Okay. Um, but just to reiterate, um, we we still want to maintain most of what we did last season, if mm-hmm. we can, obviously. Um, and if it, it allows us to, depending on how it's going on Patreon. We are sorry that we have to do this. I know like now with the way that things are in the world, you know, you don't want one more thing to pay for, but hopefully it is a, a, a price point that can actually not harm or do too much damage. But otherwise, please join us on this journey just because mostly you really do want to listen to me <laughs> laughing about Dybala or potentially crying about how this even happened and how he went from being the total like inconsistent sort of annoying man who wanted 10 million to being like the flower that just scores every goal for Roma. You Mm -hmm. never know, but you surely want to hear us talk about it, you know? So join us and you can do so by subscribing at setiaconicles.com forward slash Patreon. You can also leave us a one-time tip via Ko-fi. Links to both of those on our website, which is seriachronicles.com. For a second there, I forgot our (laughs) website address. Find us on Twitter at Nikki Bandini and at Mina Rizuki. I know that I haven't been there, but I promise you after Rabio's news today, I will be back and blazing. Just imagine this guy really takes <laughs> off at United. I don't know. I don't know. Follow Seria Chronicles on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And hopefully you can continue to enjoy all the innuendos, all the madness, and the funny tip for tat that me and Nikki have. <laughs> Ciao. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.